<laughs> this is the third <laughs> this take. This is the third it? time we've tried starting. Okay, here we go. Ready? Ready We're not going to mess it up this time. Ready? Hi, everybody. It's me, Katie. So yes, hi, hello, and it's me, Agoot. And welcome back to Infinite Quest. Quest. <laughs> that, was, that was a callback to one of the takes we didn't use. We deleted it. <laughs> a callback I to nobody. Got John Cage and Philip Glass mixed up. You did. Up. John Cage is, is 333, or 433, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, it's and 433. Philip Glass is Metamorphosis. Yeah, Metamorphosis. Uh, yeah. He did um, uh, The Truman Show. Yeah, okay. And oddly enough, he did the original Candyman, the horror movie. Like, like that? Yes, that was, yep, that was Philip Glass. No, no, no. Oh. Well, that. I don't know. You know, it's like how um, fucking Jacob Collier wrote the, the fucking soundtrack to Boss Baby. Yeah, he and Hans fucking Zimmer wrote the theme song, the, the, the score to Boss Baby. Two of the greatest com- composers alive today cons- collaborated on a project, and it was the fucking score to Boss Baby. Which, honestly, I feel like that's the way to do it. You know, yeah. like if you're going to like work with like the greatest composers of all time, like why not have it be just a very like the B movie? Yeah. I would I would yeah. love to like, oh, yeah, Shakespeare writing a B movie part two. Oh, yeah. I mean, thing. And how fun for them as composers, too. Yeah. Like, everything's so serious. They're like, oh, yeah. God. And now and they just, just, like, fucking... write, up, write, write, you know, Alec Baldwin talking as a baby. Yeah. That's you know? It. I want them to write, like, Minions 7, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> when it's, like, when it's, uh, I can't, oh, I was going to make a Fast and Furious joke. When it's, like, Hobbs versus Shaw, but oh, it's Minions, you know? Minions. Can I tell you a secret? Yeah. I fucking love those movies. Fast and Furious? No, the... Minions movies? The Minions movies. I've never seen them. The Despicable Me. It's they're so I do love they're, it's Me. so good. I don't like the I don't like the Minions movies, but like the Despicable Me movies, they're so charming they and they're really about are. like healthy family relationships and like how to like communicate with you. Like it, they're just like the best. Yeah, and you don't have to be like quote unquote normal to be a good dad. You know, no, like you can be a supervillain, but you can still <laughs> you know love the kids. Also, what a what what a line they treaded. You know, like we have to make these people evil, but not like actually, you no. know, like more like steal the moon, shrink the Eiffel Tower evil. Yeah. Not like they're like capitalist. Not, yeah. They're not like genocidal you know? maniacs. Right. They're just like, oh, I'm going to steal this diamond. Like it's like it's very wholesome. Although this. I would point out stealing the moon would result in the destruction of Earth. Yeah. No question. And also in the first movie, when when he shrinks the moon, spoilers, um, and they like have it and it's like all small in front of them, like it would have the same mass as the moon. It would just be that size. And I would love to hear uh, if anybody wants to crunch these numbers because I'm not good enough at math. If you took the moon okay. and compressed it into the size of like a tennis ball, would it turn into a black hole? I think it would have to. Would it? I think like like just from like the like the mass. Like I I feel like it would invert. In- invert. Yeah. Like, like. Like the properties of mass would invert because you would have so much like, you know what I mean? I, I think, get what you're I saying. I feel like it would yeah. be a black hole. Well, like also, you've heard like a like a neutron star is so dense. Yeah. You know, a tea like a teaspoon of it would weigh as much as like the Earth. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe that's maybe that's a thing. I don't know. Actually, this is a really good little. Anyway, all of those physicists uh, listening to our podcast, please email us at our new email address. Oh yeah, we do have a new email address. Oh, yeah, Derek, do you want to tell the story? Well, yeah. Well, so there's a bunch of emails that come in. Some of them are from like sponsors or or convention people asking us about stuff. And I don't want to like mess with those because 
that's like your domain and we need to like speak from one voice because that's how confusion works. But anyways, there are some that come in that are like from people and I always want to look at those and read them because, because you know, I like responding to emails and stuff sometimes and whatnot. Uh -huh. um, so in the interest of keeping like the listeners who t asking us stuff and talking to us separate from the businessy stuff, we started a new email. It's ask at infinitequestpodcast.com. Again, that's ask at infinitequestpodcast.com. So if you have any comments about the show or stuff you want to hear us talk about, or I mean this, uh, audio editing notes, like, hey, Eric, you peaked super hard at, you know, 2938 and it blew my ears off. Don't do that. You know, please, 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 please do let us know that stuff. But anyways, ask at infinitequestpodcast.com if you want to let us know something. Or if you're a physicist who is capable of telling us, if you shrink the moon, if you compress the moon down to the size of a tennis, ball. a tennis ball, would it become a black hole? Or is that just not how anything works? I honestly don't know. But It but, seems right when you say it. Right? But it also could be like Ant-Man rules, where yeah. like it's shrinking the distance between atoms. So it's, it's, well, no, that would mean that's density. That's literally what yeah. density is. The atoms don't change size. They're just closer together. Yeah. But you could, uh, what if you could change the size of the atoms? Whoa. And then well, what, the density would- what those would be fucking made out of, dude? Atoms? Well, I guess smaller, they'd just be small atoms. Smaller atoms. That's a mind fuck. Well, because in that way, the density wouldn't alter. It would just yeah. be the, the actual atoms would be smaller. In yeah, what would happen if you made the actual atoms smaller? I don't know. Maybe a black hole. Maybe a black hole. I hope a black hole. You know, maybe a purple hole. That'd be weird. Maybe we find a new color hole, you know? <laughs> I'm just going to let you have to sit in that. You have to sit in that, and you have to deal with that. You said that. Shining, shimmering splendor. That's not I can show you a hole. Don't you dare close your Don't eyes. Don't you dare close your song eyes. Is so weird. <laughs> song is so weird if you sang it with the wrong intentions behind the lyrics. It is purely a song about butt sex. Thank you. <laughs> so we've changed our email. Changes in the air, Katie. Changes. Changes in the air. It's the it New is, Year's time. How are you feeling about New Year's? Uh, what are your New Year's resolutions? I don't. I, I regret. I, I I don't do New Year's resolutions. I know. I know that, but I was setting you up. You were setting me up because yeah. we talked about this last year, and yeah. I thought it was a really good idea last year. So, we did talk about it. We God, did. we've been doing this for more than a year. Holy happy shit! Anniversary, happy New Year's anniversary. Yeah. For the my podcast. gosh. Woo woo. But yeah, I disagree with the concept of New Year's resolutions. I mean, I don't. I don't morally disapprove of them. You know, if you want to do New Year's resolutions, that's totally aces. live your best life. Live your best life. But for me, um, I don't do New Year's resolutions. I do New Year's intentions, um, because an intention is not something that you succeed or fail at. It's just something that you sort of keep. So if I say my New Year's resolution is to uh, go to the gym twice a week every day for the whole year or something like that. Like that's something that you either succeed at or fail at. But if you say my new year's intention is to be healthier, you know, you can intend to be healthier. Like, it's not like you're, you're saying if I, I need to get healthier and if I don't, I fail. It's just, I want to keep the intention to be healthier. Or a big one for me is like, I want to intend to be nicer to myself, you know? So if I resolve to be nicer to myself, then that means every time I'm not nice to myself, I've failed, you know, and who likes failing? Um, well, I do. We do a whole <laughs> we do a whole <laughs> panel on failure at, at conventions. Um, but if you just say I intend to be nicer to myself, my year's intention is to be nicer to myself. You can keep the intention. And then every instance of not being nice to yourself isn't a failure because you're still keeping that intention. So I do New Year's intentions. I like to, to do I like intentions. That. I think yeah. that makes a lot of sense. But what if like... Your intention is to go to the gym every day for a year. 
that's like but that like are you still keeping i mean i guess it makes sense if you if you like how, how do you like i feel like you, there's like a loophole yeah there is a there. bit of a semantic breakdown there yeah because it's like oh yeah my intention is to go to the gym well i intended to go to the gym all last year since <laughs> yeah. we bought a gym membership and well i guess i don't really mean it worked out for us i guess it is a bit of a semantic difference but i but i basically mean keep your i i try to I keep my really resolutions vague that. not like things that i can either do or not do but more things like I would like to and, you know, well, intend to be nice to myself, intend to be healthier. I would like I, to. The problem is, Eric, is I don't want to go to the gym until like March. I don't want to go to the gym we, ever. If we start going to the gym in January, then everybody's going to be like, oh, those are those clowns who are who are coming to the gym on New Year's. What a bunch of clowns. New Year's gym guys. You know what? I know that's yeah. silly, but here we are. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm there's really a... self-conscious about it. Yeah, oh my god, me too. Oh my gosh, I always worry about what I wear to the gym for some yeah. reason. I don't I, know like, why. I realized actually, I thought of this the other day. Like, I literally had this thought: I'm just gonna buy like five of the same thing. I'm gonna do what you do mm. every day. I'm just gonna have a gym uniform because then I don't have to think about it. Because one yeah. of the things that I always start doing is when I go to the gym, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna buy a thousand new fucking yoga pants and then i have you know and then i just get like i'm gonna spend all my time shopping for fitness where i'm like no i'm just gonna buy like five tops and five pants and then those are my gym clothes mm -hmm. and then that's what i go to the gym do you know what'd be sweet uh, maybe this is already done like maybe I'm, I'm inventing something that already exists but like gyms should have laundry you know some of them do do they because yeah, that would be amazing because then you could just go to the gym get your locker put in just a bunch of gym clothes and then, like, you wouldn't have to have, like, a bag. Because I know, you know, because you could just do the laundry yeah. there. Because you would never have to make schlep trips of sweaty garbage yeah. back and forth, you There's know. There's, like, bougie gyms that have, like, laundry service where, like, you put oh. your stuff in, like, a little bag. And then you put it in the thing. And then they, like, hang it back oh. up. Well, if podcasters. But we don't have one of those. <laughs> those are, like, L that's, like, L.A. shit. Podcasters. Famous for being super rich. Yes. You're so rich mid-level podcasters I, the richest i we really are it's we're so fancy <laughs> i uh i got i got i filled my tank all the way up yesterday wow oh, that's how fancy i am nice so that is very fancy don't wreck. <laughs> what is your your process at the gym so you go to the gym oh god like um, what do you do you don't have to have one it's okay well it depends i'm just curious if you Eric, do one of my one of my deep deep shameful secrets is that i used to be really into crossfit I used to be super into CrossFit. Like with the jumpies and yeah, the, the and jumpies the, and the heavies and the bands. And the, and the bands the bandy boys. When I was living in Virginia, uh, there was a CrossFit gym that opened uh downtown and it was like a block away from our house. And so I could just like walk there. And uh the dude who ran it was like the nicest guy in the entire world. And he had been in the Navy, I think. But apparently, I didn't know this about our armed forces. Is that weightlifting, like competitive weightlifting is like a whole, you know how they have like the, the U.S. like Navy band? Yeah. And they have, but there's also just like, there are like power lifters who like represent like the Marines and the oh. Navy and the Army and they have these like competitions and stuff. And so he was a coach for the, for the weightlifters. And so that was like his job was he coached like the Army guys in like, in like, you know, Olympic weightlifting. And he was amazing. He was a great coach. And it turns out, Eric, that I'm amazing at powerlifting. Really? I'm very good at lifting. Like, it was really funny because I'd never done it before because I'm a girl. Uh, but, well, yeah, that's up for debate, honestly. <laughs> I don't know what I am. It's fine. Uh, but, like, so, you know, so I was always, like, really intimidated by weightlifting. And then I started going to this gym. 
And uh, and he was like, well, let's try, let's try fucking, let's try a little deadlift. And I was like, okay. So I did it. And he was like, oh, well, okay, let's add some more weight. I was like, okay. And then we that happened like four or five times. And then he was like, uh, okay. Um, <laughs> I didn't you expect ever, you to be this ever, good at this. He's like, have you ever done this before? I was like, no. And he was like, cool. Well, you just dead, deadlifted your, your body weight on your first day at the gym. Okay. Uh... All right. Okay. And then it just turned out that I'm really fucking good at, de- at like weightlifting. And That's so, cool. So for a while, I would go to the gym. I would just like, I would just like lift. I would just lift. I would just all oh, lift. Rah, rah. That was the noise that I would make. Rah. <laughs> um, but it was really funny because I would like, I had headphones, you know, so nobody would talk to me because I hate people. And, uh, and then I would, but I would be listening to like sea shanties. And I'm pretty sure I'm like one of the only people in the entire world who like get typed up to lift weights by sea shanties. Um, but if I'm not doing that, then it's just like, right. I don't know, whatever you, you know, there's, they have the little machines in the circle and you do the little circle and then you like run or something. I hate <laughs> going to the gym, Eric. I hate it so much. It's boring. It's so boring. There's nothing to do. That's what bothers me. And then you just have yeah. to stand on the treadmill and you like run for 30 minutes because they, you're supposed to do cardio. And I do every time I do cardio, I want to die. I hate it. It's the worst thing. I know what you mean. Especially, it's, it's so, so boring. Like, are you familiar with the, like, the concept, the physics concept of work? Where, like, the idea is, like, basically, if something happens and then that thing ends up in the same spot, technically no work was done. Right. So, like, if you walk up the stairs, you can calculate how much work was done. Right. But if you walk up the stairs and then back down the stairs to the same spot, technically, you didn't do any work. Like, on paper, mathematically, you didn't do any work. So, similar, like, with treadmill, it's like you're running but you're not moving, you know, you're not actually going anywhere. Yeah. And so I feel like with running, if I were to run, yeah. which I don't I gotta, know. I got to figure out like a, a better, well, I got a, I got an Oculus for Christmas. You so did. That's going to be my That new... was getting me winded. Yeah. I'm so out of shape, but I was like, that's what I'm going to do for my cardio. I'm going to be a Jedi. Yeah. That's be solid. Cool, cool Jedi guy. Well, I, something that changed the, the game for me with, with gyms, I, you know, I've had like a lot of people, I've had like phases of going to the gym pretty regularly. And, uh, Something that changed the game for me was when I when I realized that like they're set up in circuits, so you can just yeah. like go from machine yeah, to the one next to it. Circle. Well, because that changed because my ADHD ass, like I was like, oh, that one looks cool. I'll do that one, and then I'll like just wander, just wander to the next one. Which like in some That's ways, a strategy. It's a strategy. It, it upped the dopamine a little bit because I got to choose sort of like you know when you had those big worksheets. Yeah. When you're a kid and, you know, you could like do polka dots yeah. I, or like I would draw like a smiley face in the ones that I answered. Um, but however, like it's it I, I have, I'm I'm OK. I'm, I'm fine with tasks that are absolutely menial that require zero brain effort because then I can just let my mind water, wander while I do it. I'm also fine with tasks that are really brain heavy because they're like interesting enough that my brain is like, yeah, let's do this. Mm-hmm. What I suck at are like the mid-level things mm-hmm. that take just enough energy, like mental energy that you have to pay attention but not enough for it to be like interesting yeah that's why i hate like um uh uh dicing bell peppers because bell peppers are all slightly different so you can't just like get into a zone where you just like each one takes at least a little bit of attention so you can't (laughs) it was a whole thing so anyways like so that like bouncing around it did up the stimulation but it was still in that like weird middle zone yeah um whereas once i realized that you can just go like from left to right down the row, then I could completely zone out of what exercise I was supposed to do next and like zone out and design space flight tabletop card games and stuff like that. That's good. That is when I had that idea for the first time. That's, at the gym. that's really good. It was a good time. I've kind of played that game. What other, do you have any other New Year's 
intentions slash resolutions. Uh, apparently we're going to eat healthy. We're going to eat. We're going to do the whole 30. I have opinions on that. It's fine. On the whole 30? I've been doing research. What What do you got, Katie? What's, what it's is the really whole 30? It's really dumb. It's really stupid. The whole 30 is stupid? No. The whole 30, it's fine. You don't eat sugar and carbs or whatever the fuck. But there's like this one detail of it that I'm like, I'm so hung up on it. Like I've become a little bit like hyper, hyper fixated on it. And it's, 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 it's the pancake thing. This is what they call it. They call it the like, it's got like this pancake, pancake thing. So the notion behind it is like with whole 30, you're not supposed to make like approximations of the foods that you like. So like if you're craving pizza, you're not supposed to make like a pizza with like a cauliflower crust or whatever. You're supposed to just like not have it. You're supposed to like just leave it out. The thought process behind this by the person who invented Whole30 is explained in that like it's it's teaching you how to like think differently about food. However, the the way in which it explains is explained just grinds my gears and it grinds my gears in a way that is very specific and very silly. But she talks about it in terms of sex. And she's huh. like having like, you know, so if you have like a pizza craving, it's like you're craving sex, right? And then so then making like a cauliflower crust or like your, you know, your paleo safe version of the food that you want, that's like having sex with your pants on where it's like, you know, that, you know, th there's other maybe more satisfying kinds of sex out there. So you're just going to be constantly comparing like this slightly less like mediocre version with the version that actually exists, like with like good pizza. What? But it feels weirdly ableist to me that and is, I can't yeah. get past it. That's just very strange. Metaphor. I can't get past it. I can't get past because it, it's like this idea that like there's something inherently wrong with like pants on sex, right. which is like I realize that's not the point. That's but not it's what this they're going for, but it's like, still like why would you there's even like this one one thing that like every per like oh clearly sex with your pants off is more satisfying than sex with your pants on so why would you deign to want the pants on sex and i'm like who are you to tell me how to have sex and also how to eat pizza yeah like sometimes i just want pizza like yeah. but i'm just like i'm weirdly hung up on it and it like it's like not to be like punny about it but it's like kind of left a bad taste in my mouth because this idea that it's like, oh, well, there's like, I don't know. It's I know it's like really silly, but that's what I got. No, that is silly. That's a really stupid metaphor. Like, why would, why? I don't, Plus, I don't, it's based on the premise of like abstinence from sex, I suppose. It's Which is I, just like, what, what are you doing? I, but I don't understand it because it's like this idea that like, like, I think it's like a, it's like a commentary on like fulfillment. But like, it's weird if you think about it because it's just... It's basically saying that, like, there is one way to be fulfilled and that if you fall outside of that fulfillment, whether that be, like, sex or pizza, then, like, you're in the wrong. Right. It's, I feel like that's weird. I feel like it's not healthy. I, I, I feel like that's not healthy, too. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, also, I mean, the, the, the premise of, of Whole30 is that our bodies were meant to digest and behave in a certain way and we've in sure. invented a whole bunch of shit. This is not meant to be a, a, right. a rejoinder of what you said. Right. Um, but, you know, and we've now invented and discovered all sorts of shit like processed sugar and processed mm -hmm. foods and all that stuff. Um, and our bodies get used to dealing in those with those things. Yeah. 
Um, and so the idea behind the whole 30 is that by complete abstinence from those things for 30 days, um, it resets your metabolism to start to expect what it was actually supposed to expect, biologically speaking. You know, you yeah. can eat whatever the fuck you want, dear listener. It's your life. Um, but if that is something that you intend to do, then it like it resets your body yeah. towards expecting what it was biologically intended to expect. Um, now, that being said, like if you make a pizza out of whole 30 compliant materials, foods, right. ingredients, like you're still doing well, the whole 30. That's like that's such I a said. weird note to put in there. But it's like, but it's like, you know? like, and I was like, oh, maybe it's like one website, but it's like, I went to like the whole 30 and like on their website is the like sex with your pants off, like comparison. Jesus. And it's like part of it. And and I was just like, except that like for me, and I realized we were supposed to be talking about changes and now we've like launched off. Well, of this is a change. Stuff. We're made, we're doing but a like, change. For me, it would be way easier. Like, cause you know, when I was a kid, like we would always have pizza on Friday nights. Like now we kind of have pizza like whenever, you know what I mean? Like it's like, oh, I want pizza, I have pizza. Mm -hmm. But like pizza was like a Friday night thing. And so it's like, well, if you're, if your family has pizza on Friday night and you're, you know, doing this like whole 30 thing or whatever, I feel like it would be easier for you to continue doing the thing by being able to like participate in the things that like your family is doing like like my birthday is going to be on like during whole 30 and i really want birthday cake like i like maybe i'll get like a little fruit a little fruit bouquet or something instead but like i want to do something to celebrate my birthday because that's important to me because it's in the middle of the winter and i fucking i'm sad and so it's like for me it's like this idea that like you can't possibly switch things because like oh well you're just gonna you know go back to the like and i'm like no i like to cook also like i love baking and i love cooking and so if the challenge is like how do i make a cupcake that's like whole 30 compliant that's fun like that's a fun activity for me and it's satisfying because at the end of it it's like yeah maybe it's not as amazing as like a regular cupcake but it's still you know what I mean? And I don't know, like, why. And it's like, but it's all based on this, like, if you think about pizza, like, I don't, I don't know. It's, it bothers me. Yeah. And I mean, also, it sort of undermines the premise to me. Like, the premise being, <clears throat> you do this thing for 30. It's not commit. You're not like, do this for the rest of your life. Like, it's do it for 30 days, yeah. and then you've done it. Congratulations. You can keep doing it if you want. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and it's also, it's not meant, the diet isn't meant to be like a lose weight diet. That's not yeah. the point. Yeah. The point is to reset your metabolism. But also, like, it, it, like, I realize that they're like, okay, we're not going to do sugar because, like, sugar is bad for you or whatever. But also, like, there's, there's not really such thing as, like, a bad food, you know? Like, it's like, okay, maybe don't eat a pound of sugar. But this idea that, like, pizza or cupcakes are, like, inherently evil right. is, like, flawed, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And especially as a neurodivergent person who often struggles with, like, choosing food. Or, like, you know, remembering to eat. It's like, if I grab a cupcake, at least I fed myself today. Yeah. And so, like, that's, I don't know. I'm, like, really nervous. Like, it'll be fine. I'm willing to try it because I think it'll be interesting. And it's 30 days. Whatever happens, February 1st. I'm just saying, man, I'm going to make a fucking cauliflower pizza crust. Hell yeah. And Whole30 can eat my butt about it. Hell yeah. And, I mean, like, there's, I saw, this This made its round on TikTok, of making a chicken-based pizza crust. What? Yeah. Um I can't remember exactly what it was. Um 
but dig this. Katie, mayonnaise is Whole30 compliant. Mm. It's just eggs and oil, which I know, I know, it's gross. Well, you can't have a cauliflower pizza crust, but like you want to eat a jar of jar and go to fucking <laughs> town, fine. buddy. You have to make it yourself. Other than that, it's fun. Um, but yeah, you like take pizza or you take chicken. You can, and it, can, it can be like, yeah, you take chicken, you like, like rotisserie like chicken. Like rotisserie chicken? Yeah. Okay. Take all the meat out. You grind it up, you okay. know. Oh, like chicken sausage? Like shreddy, shred, shred, shred. Um, yeah, and then you mix it with some stuff. I don't remember what it, exactly Probably it was. Egg. Um, but yeah, it's like an egg and uh, some other binding, yeah, all like a, binding like stuff. Like a binding agent. Yeah. Um, and then you just make a little pizza crust out of it. Like you make a, it's more like a pie crust. And then it turns into a thing and then you can top it with your stuff. And there you go. You know? See, that sounds like that sounds fun to me. Yeah, doesn't that sound fun? That, I mean, yeah. I'm that's going to be that's what I'm hoping is the saving grace of all this is that it's just going to be interesting trying to do the thing that they told us not to do. Yeah, <laughs> but it's going to be interesting but trying to make like I don't know, you know, because I think that's more sustainable. Like, yeah, if you want to go hard for thirty days and not only do whole thirty compliant ingredients and stuff, but also try to like abstain from even the concept of a cupcake. Like, sure. But if you want to sustain that indefinitely, yeah. like you're going to have to figure out a way to eat pizza and stuff because yeah. it's fucking great, you know? Yeah. So I feel like it's more, it's it's much more sustainable if you practice that thing that they told you not to practice, which is weird. I mean, it just seems so counter to the whole point of it, it's, you know? Yeah, because it's very much fundamentally based in this idea that it's like, if you are looking for ways of like putting the bad foods back in your diet, then you're inherently going to fail. And I'm like, or hear me out you're building systems yeah in which you can like you know instead of saying oh well i could go to little caesars and get my five dollar hot and ready or i could spend 15 minutes i can make this delicious cauliflower crust that i know how to make now and it'll be right. a better choice for me like yeah. i don't understand this idea like i just it, i don't get it, it, it I've, seems I've, like I've, extra. I've got like mad about it like i've yeah. gotten like actually <laughs> pissed about it because i'm just like it's so weird. Well, it, it seems I'm hung up on it. Me, well, me too, because it, it seems like extra. It seems like, you know, the whole 30 program is consuming, not consuming these things for 30 days. That's the whole fucking thing. Yeah. If you don't consume these things for 30 days, then you have successfully done the whole 30. Then if they wanted to be like, you know, asterisk, side note, sidebar. Also, you know, if you want to do this on hard mode, you can also rid your or try to remove the the you know the the concept of pizza and cupcakes by not trying to replicate them or whatever like as like a side if you want kind of thing but like having that be part of like the intrinsic thing it undermines the entire thing and it is, this bothers me it's dumb and we should definitely make some fucking pizzas out of stuff. i know i have great. a dank pizza cross when i was cauliflower yeah, pizza crust? i have a really good pizza cross recipe I'm it's excited. really good. That's it's like awesome. all crispy and delicious. Oh, yeah. yeah. Dude, cauliflower's fucking great. I know. We had cauliflower. My, my parents did the Whole30. This is where we heard it from. Also, for one, the reason I'm, I'm I, the Whole30 is even part of this is because, so my parents did it. Um, and my my mom in particular, her mental health is very much tied to her diet, um, which she discovered five or six years ago. Um, but anyway, so what she eats is very much based on how it'll affect her mental health. So she started doing research. She found the, the Whole30. She and my dad both did it. And they were like, wow, that is, that's really something. They told me about it. And I was like, all right, that's, that's cool. You know, I'm glad you guys are happy. Yeah. And then I started hearing about it from other people in my life who hate shit like this, yeah. who would never in a million years come to me and say, like, well, it's like if you knew somebody who 
hated musicals, just fucking hated musicals. Yeah. But they went and saw a musical and came back and they're like, honestly, it was really good. You're like, OK, that musical has got to have something to it. Yeah. You know, so a bunch of people who hate shit like this had did it and said, honestly, like, yeah, it, well, it was I'm insane, like you know? the like we decided to do it because I'm haha, hello from the struggle bus. Yeah. And so I we're like, I'm interested to see like I'm interested to see what happens because it's not great. So anyway, moving on. You, you just you just pushed a button, but nothing happened. No, I put a marker. On oh, the thing. OK. I don't know how your job works. Oh, yeah. So if I, <laughs> I I used to press stop recording and start recording again, so it would be in yeah, two different blocks, you, you know, Um. However, if I want to edit, let's say I want to remove all of the background noise oh, in one clip, it it does annoying. it by clip. Oh. And so it's by doing that and just putting a marker and then applying that and then cutting it afterwards, I only have to apply all the effects one time to each track rather than twice to each track. You can buy Eric's Patreon. Uh, no, wait, no, that was I was going to make a really funny oh. joke and I said the wrong word. Uh, you can buy Eric's Masterclass for the low, low price of a million dollars. You can also... Go to donate to my patreon.com slash hey good. You can. If you want to donate to just me. You can. You know, whatever. It's or infinite pod, uh, patreon.com slash infinite quest. Show your loyalty. Uh, donate a dollar to whoever's Patreon you like better. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I love that we just did an interstitial like a second ago that we have not yet recorded. So I don't know. But like we most likely brought up the Patreon in the interstitial. And now we're just still hawking it. That's fine. <laughs> whatever. Listen. This is the this is the official time of year when it's okay to hawk the Patreon. Yeah. Extra hard. Oh yeah. By Absolutely. the way, if you wanna sign up for the Patreon, it's patreon.com slash infinite quest. And your support is what allows us to keep you're looking at me funny. I was gonna just do the thing. I'm not I spaced out. That's fine. Thanks. Cool. Well anyway, your support is what allows us to keep making content just like this. Just as good as this. <laughs> it's been this a rough fucking month, dude. I'm, I'm I'm so, so tired. Not okay. Like I'm, sorry, I'm not okay in a way where it's like I like I'm just like you know that I don't usually admit that I'm not okay, but I'm so not okay that I'm just like freely admitting it because it's like funny to me, like how not okay I am. Mm. And I find that to be very interesting. Like I've completely changed my mind about like admitting like whether or not I'm okay and I'm not. And I'm just like, fuck it. Like Leroy Jenkins, like what's up? Hmm. Not good. Do you want to talk about it? Sure. We don't have to. It's what okay. What do you we want me to. to talk about? I don't know. Do you know, do you think there are any reasons why you're not okay? Or do you well, think it's just exhaustion? I, well, just, I don't mean to I say think... just to minimize. No, Excuse no, no. Me, you're but. fine. Um, I think it's a combination of things. I think that it's winter, which is always harder. I think that we did a lot of conventions, which we're going to have to talk about the tour in a, in a minute here anyway. Um, but we did a lot and then it was Christmas and then now it's like New Year's is on Friday. And so it's just that like weird time of year, which is like time just keeps going, like everything just keeps going. Um, and I like I didn't even get a chance to like enjoy Christmas, you know, like it was just like we got back and then it was like put up the tree. Now it's Christmas. And, yeah. and so it was just like I didn't have time to like get into like Christmassy headspace, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so that was really hard. And also just like my dad died around the holidays. And so like that's hard too, you know, and so it's just like, I don't know. And then also I just made the incredibly hilarious and foolish decision to switch my meds the week of Christmas. 
So that was that was fun. That was that was that's that's been going. Do you think that the, are you saying that the, the decision to switch your meds was foolish inherently, or it's t- the timing of the doing the timing it? is terrible. Uh. Like I should have waited a couple of weeks, but my psychologist was like, uh, maybe I feel like you should switch them now, <laughs> and I was like, okay. Well, also I don't know if you have this, but my relationship to psychiatrists is uh, tumultuous. I don't know. I mean, it's I've had. I've been going to psychiatrists for 12 years mm-hmm. and I have had 30, 40 psychiatrists Seriously? in that time. Oh yeah, absolutely. I have one. She's the best. And I know she listens to this podcast. Hi. Hi Karen. <laughs> nice. You're great. You're great. Thank I, you, you are for great. everything you do. Thank you for taking care of Katie. Um, but so anyways, if, if, a, if a psychiatrist is like, we should do this, it's like, this might be the last time I see a psychiatrist for six months because- no, I whatever I, you know. I I see her every month. That's great. You little month month monthly check ins. That's awesome. Little Southern things. Behavioral Health, right? Yeah. So yeah, we're the same one now. Yeah, that's you, nice. You, you, I have an appointment on the third. Yeah, I'm proud of you. I remembered it, so um, I'm I'm proud of myself. But I think like I'm just like not good, and so which is okay. Like you know, it happens, and then I will be okay again, and it's fine. But with some like i don't want to say too much because not everything is final but it is looking like our tour for 2022 if we decide to do it at all um but it's gonna look a lot different than i thought originally which is fucking dope but it is gonna be a lot mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited well their uh travel and hotels are gonna be paid for right maybe because that would be nice i mean i i don't expect to make money at conventions but it would be nice to not you know, have to pay to do our jobs, yeah. you know, that would be yeah. really nice. Yeah. Um, so, but there's, there's, yeah, it's, but if the, if it winds up working out the way that I think it's going to, it's going to be a game changer, which is going to be awesome. Yeah. And it, should, it sounds like it's going to lighten your workload too, which yeah. is nice. Well, speaking, Eric, of lightening workloads, do you want to talk about the other thing that we're doing in January besides Whole30? Yeah, <laughs> sure. bitched about a diet that we're not even on yet. No, we're going to be fine. It's a big thing. Um, well, so dear listener, hello, hi, how's your car ride going? At this moment, I bet a, a fair amount of you are just now f- are finishing up a thing that you're doing. You were doing the dishes, you were driving to work, you finished your workout, you... Somewhere there's somebody who's really stoned and listening to this podcast. Like, you're like, Whoa. oh, fuck! Yeah. Uh, Adam, hi, I know you're, I know you're there, all right? You should unclench your jaw. Okay, good. Um... <laughs> ask.infinitequestpodcast.com if you're if you're at if you're the adam that i just referenced um anyways um uh that is to say um i was talking to my dad who listens to our podcast and he was saying that it's really hard for him to listen to an entire one because he listens to it when he goes for walks and goes to the gym and does stuff and he always finishes that thing that he's doing contemporaneously with listening to the podcast um and then decides like later what simultaneously contemporaneous is that contemporaneously yeah at the same time that's a word right i'm looking it up sure no no (laughs) i know i'm making more work for myself because i I might have to cut this part out that's fine i just i that is a very interesting word i mean i'm not mad about it yeah uh contemporaneous existing or occurring in the same period of time yeah i just well you know it's fine. You got to let some people know I dropped out of community college three times and I'm still insecure about it, you know? <laughs> you know, anytime somebody says the word instantaneous instead of instant, they dropped out of community college. If somebody said, you know, is, <laughs> is that, is <laughs> I'm, that kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Is that the rule? That's real science. 
Anyways, the point is, dear listener, um, in the interest of shortening our podcasts into like more accessible chunks for people, we've decided starting in January, so starting next week, we are going to be doing two episodes a week rather than one each a half hour long. So two half hour episodes instead of one hour long episode on Tuesday and Thursday. So it'll be two half hour episodes twice a week instead of one hour episode once a week. Spread the content out, you know, a little bit. So that way... Spread it all out. You know, I was looking at some of our our metrics and there's like a dip about halfway through each one. Yeah. Presumably because people are finishing up on whatever they're doing. And we're an ADHD crowd, you know? Yeah. It's hard for us to sit in the same place for an hour. It's probably hard for you, dear listener, to do the same thing for an hour. So we're just splicing it up. And hey, if you want to listen to an hour, you can just listen to both of them back to back. And then there you go. You got yourself an hour long podcast. Yeah. And some of them might be like part ones and part twos. Yeah. Like, because sometimes we get heated. Like, we get, yeah. We get really heated in the first half. And we're like, we, I remember during the kink episode, we recorded two hours. We did. We in just one kept sitting. Because we finished an hour and we we're like, wait, I have so have much so more much to more. say about this. Yeah. And so, and some, I still do. And it's like, <laughs> and some of them will be, so yeah. So some of them will be like part one, part two. Some of them, one of the reasons why we set up that ask at infinitequestpodcast.com is because we might be doing like a, a ask Katie and Eric advice, like dear Abby sort of situation. Like we've got some more like different like segmenty things mm-hmm. that we're kind of playing around with. But um, right now the plan is to do that in January and just kind of see how it goes. Yeah. You know? So also feel free to let us know if you like it or don't like the format. Yeah, please do. I mean, we've noticed... Just um, be nice about it. Don't be like, be we nice hate you and we hope you die. <laughs> like, just to be like, well, hey, I like, I preferred this or I really like this better. But just yeah, don't be well, mean. I can't, I, I can't handle it right at now. At panels that we do, we've noticed the, the first half of our panels are generally us sort of contextualizing. And it feels a lot like talking at the audience, yeah. which is more of like a, a like seminar thing. Yeah. Um, but then midway through, we, we open the floor and it becomes like a discussion slash Q&A and it becomes really interesting. And that's where, like, I think the real meat of a lot of a, a lot of the the panels are yeah um because each audience wants to talk about something like wants to hear about something different and for the past year and a couple months like we've been largely talking at you dear listener because we don't get that much feedback we get a decent amount but not a lot um so we really wanted to to open up um, a line of communication so you can directly say i really liked you said about this also i'm gonna say this katie i mean it and I, i mean obviously i mean it um, if we're ever wrong about something, <laughs> please, please let us know. Holy shit, please let us know. Um, so just anyways, yes, open line of communication. It is possible to be uh, wrong about something, but also willing to learn contemporaneously. Wow. Uh, uh, <laughs> That's terrible. In conjunction with each other. Simultaneously. Uh, but no, but like, but honestly, like, that's a big thing. That's a big thing, too, is like, as our platform continues to grow and as we, you know, continue to do this, there are going to be times when we're wrong. And there are going to be times when we inadvertently say something in a way that could have been phrased better. And so we just we want to know because we think it's really important to hold ourselves accountable and to grow and to work to do better and to continue advocating for our community. And, you know, sometimes words change contemporaneously. That's not, that's not, that's not, that's not, but you know what I mean? So yeah, but it's something that's really important to us is just holding ourselves accountable and making sure that you all know that we are willing and happy to uh, hear from you. Change. Change. Changes. <laughs> is that how they say it in France? Yes. That is how they say it in France. Exactly. Changes. <laughs> no. But 
back to the subject at hand. Thanks what for all that, everyone. About? We're just some house cleaning. But I, I, I get nervous around New Year's because... Do you really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Why? Just, well, because... Every year I get that new year, new me thing. You know, I, I, I feel that way. I, I mean, I can look back, you know, like Facebook memories will show you posts from oh, like yeah. whatever. Yeah. When New Year's comes up, every Facebook memory that I get is some post from me from a while ago saying, you know, 2009, the year I get my grades up or whatever the hell. And right. it doesn't happen. And I get and I get mad at myself. Um, but the I think the reason it's frustrating to me is because I don't write off the concept of new year, new me. I don't think that sentiment comes from a bad place. I think it comes from a place of wanting to make yourself better and be better and be a better person to others. I think it comes from a good place, but it it ends up being a way that we just judge the living fuck out of ourselves. Yeah. Not, I mean, I'm saying that in a blanket term. I'm sure some people have perfectly healthy relationships with New Year's resolutions. Um, but for me, they generally end up with what by what metrics shall I judge myself this year? <laughs> like, what am I going to hate myself for this year? That's fair. Um, it's been better over the last couple of years as I've noticed that I get nervous towards the end of the year. Yeah. Um, but so that's that's, again, why I why I I, th I like the idea of New Year's intentions yeah. where I'm going to intend to be more forgiving of myself. I'm going to intend to assume good intentions of uh, uh, from others. I mean, that's a huge one for me is um, assuming better intentions of others because, you know, being a person who exists a lot on the internet, you see a lot of shit go down because people are just assuming bad faith. Yeah. Um, and sometimes there is bad faith and that's, you know, fuck those people. <laughs> but, but, you know, assuming if somebody, you know, corrects me in a video or something like that, you know, to say thank you rather than fuck you, you know. Yeah. Um, there's that's, a guy. Um, a powerful skill to have. Yeah. And I'm glad, I like to use the word still because it is skill. It's not... It's not inherent. It's it's something no, you, that have, you have to intend to do. You have to absolutely practice taking criticism and oh, taking yeah. it well. Oh, yeah. You know? Absolutely. Especially because literally any book, because it's like, it's so, it's a double-edged sword. It's like anybody can give you criticism. And so sometimes that criticism is, isn't valid or they don't know what they're talking yeah. about. <laughs> but sometimes it's incredibly valid. And so being able to graciously accept criticism mm -hmm. and then also be kind enough and patient enough with yourself to be able to say, okay, well, that person is just plain wrong, you yeah. know, or, you know, like, actually that person has a valid point and I did, you know, inadvertently do harm here. And so I should work to make that right. Like, I think that's really important to be able to like suss those out. Yeah. My, my strategy is I generally take criticism identically, whether or not I think it's valid criticism or invalid criticism. I, I in the moment of criticism, I just take it identically, which is to say, huh, thank you. Um, and then I decide later whether or not I give a fuck about what that person thinks. <laughs> um, like then that's that's generally my strategy. Um, and there's a lot of there's a lot to be learned from bad criticism. Honestly, I mean it. Um, because if somebody is critical of you in a way, you know, let's say you're a well, I don't I don't want to think of a ham-fisted analogy, but let's say you're a, a very skilled person in some field. Let's say you're a a, um, a blacksmith and you make armor. Oh sure. And you make a piece of armor and it's really good and you're shining. And then what, somebody who... What, what kind of armor is it? Metal armor. Okay. <laughs> I don't know anything about plastic. Well, I'm just saying, like, are we talking like chest pieces? Oh, let's say or... a chest plate. Yeah, okay, let's a say a chest plate. Or let's say a, pa a pauldron. A pauldron. pauldron. Okay, yeah, because that seems a, a bit more complicated. Okay. Yeah. So you're making a pauldron. Okay. Um, which is the shoulder armor. Yes. Um, right? <laughs> cool. Um, and you make it and you, like, put it on display or whatever. And somebody who knows nothing about blacksmithing comes up and criticizes like oh that's cool but i don't like this one set that looks awkward and weird and chunky and whatever 
Um, but you know, as a blacksmith, hypothetically, well, you, Katie, actually is a blacksmith, but, you know, mm-hmm. others hypothetically is a blacksmith. <laughs> you know that that weird section that the person is crew is essential to the to the structure of the pauldron. Like it has to be there for many different reasons. Um, and there's like a, perhaps an interesting history about how that design came to be, whatever. But either way, the, the criticism is coming from a point of complete ignorance and whatever. Um that criticism is still useful. It's still data, and data is inherently useful. So you now know, even though you're not going to change what you do because what the fuck does that person know, you still now know that people sometimes think that. So maybe in your next one, you'll like try to make it more subtle or whatever the fuck, you know, or just not take the you know, not yeah. change anything at all. But all criticism is data. Not all of it is valid. Not all of it is like oh, this person knows what they're talking about and I should integrate what they think into my workflow and all that. Yeah. But all criticism is data, yeah. you know? As the one, the thing that I always think of is when we, when we have a conversation about it is when I made, then this is like a really old one. So there's a lot of people who probably won't even remember this one, but I made that video about how everybody with ADHD is allergic to pine cones. Oh yeah. They're not. That was a while ago. Yeah. To be very clear, they're not. But I was making a point about the fact that like literally anybody can get on the internet and speak with authority and say something. And this really interesting phenomenon happened where I had a bunch of people react to the video and make these like angry posts about like how bullshit it was and how wrong I was. And I was like, Oh, you didn't even watch to the end of the video before you came to criticize me. And so, like, that's that's the thing that has been really hard for me to learn is that sometimes, like, criticism comes out of a, like, emotional reaction, not necessarily, like, the desire to correct a misunderstanding or a, you know, something mm-hmm. that you can explain better. And so that's when you have to look at it and go, like, okay, like, they clearly just didn't watch the end yeah. of the video and that's okay. Like, I can just let that go. Right. You know? But however, you also learned. That, that a lot so- of people don't watch <laughs> exactly. to the end of my videos. And that's, like, really scary. It is. Oh, like, man. honestly, like, there are some videos where, like, I will turn off, like, Stitch or whatever, especially Stitch. I'll turn it off because I'm like, the point is at the end of this video. Yeah. And if you don't, you're going to be able to take everything I say out of context mm-hmm. and turn it into something that I didn't say. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I, I try to be really, like, and so actually you're right, like, the criticism wasn't necessarily valid, but the data that I got from that was like, oh, shit, about 40% of people yeah. are going to like not watch to the end of the video and then get mad. <laughs> yeah. just like that scares the hell out of me, especially when, you know, more more research is being done about ADHD. Ah, sorry. <laughs> sorry. More research is being done about ADHD now than ever has, which yeah. is fucking great. Yeah. Um, but it does mean that just there's a lot of data still coming in. And so, like, if a study comes out that suggests something... It's just that it is a study that suggests that something might be the case. And so if you're going to report on it or make a video about it, you know, I, I always say like four times in the video, this is one. Stu-. I usually put it in text. I'll just say yeah. this is one study. I'm not saying that this is completely true. This is all that stuff because I don't want to turn into, you know, the, the 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 morning shows that say, like, turns out dark chocolate is super good for you. And it's like, no, 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 no. One study showed that there are certain benefits in specific situations, possibly, but there has to be no research done. But, you know, people don't watch shows that say the actual caveats of, like, we don't actually know that this is the case. P-hacking is, I believe, what it's called. P-hacking? P-hacking, yeah. It's when you, it's cherry-picking data, basically, if I remember correctly. If I remember the John Oliver special from seven years ago correctly. Cool. Damn, he's been on for a while. Yes, I love that. Good for him. I remember when that show first came about thinking this show's not going to last. It's too educational. 
I was wow. very happy to be wrong. Yeah. A fucking great He's show. Got, he got, he like, he figured out that balance dog. Yeah. That's well, like the balance I, I aspire to. Yeah. Be like entertaining enough to be oh, educational. damn it. That's, I always want to show my grand, watch John Oliver with my grandparents. I'm telling you, I, dude. I keep forgetting. You gotta fucking, just fucking Zoom call that Zoom shit. call him and watch it. Be like, hey, watch party. Let's go. Because he's, my, my grandparents are super into news. Um, but they've been super into news for 70 years, so they can read like the hard data, you know, they read the whatever's, um, news that isn't necessarily accessible to a lot of people. So I'd be really, and, and they talk about that, about how they're very aware of that, that they get frustrated that they know all these things and other people don't, not because of on the fault of the people. It's not that they don't care. It's just that it's written in a way that's meant to be read by, you know, octogenarians. Yeah. Um, so anyways, I'd love to show them that because he, John Oliver and the writing staff of that show, they're fucking master analogy writers. That's what they do. The, the formula of the show is so he sets up a bunch of stuff that sounds serious and scary and then follows it up with a really funny analogy. You know, that would be like funny analogy. And then he takes the bit too far, yada, yada, goes back into like hard data, 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 elaborates on the analogy to the point where the analogy becomes ridiculous and the ridiculousness of the analogy illustrates the ridiculousness of what it is that he's talking about or the absurdity of how much say you know delta apparently has in the quarantine times mm. sorry but that just came out and it is on everybody's mind i'm so upset <sighs> you dear listener i'm sorry if, if, if i'm the one to tell you this but um you may have noticed that the cdc cut the mandatory or not recommended quarantine yeah. time for co- for breakout covid cases in half yesterday two days ago yeah, I think something like, like that um, and apparently that was upon recommendation by the CEO of Delta Airlines because Delta Airlines had a labor shortage because a bunch of their employees were catching COVID and had to quarantine because they fucking caught COVID. And so they were like, hey. Yeah, but they've also reduced it for healthcare workers. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know what? <clears throat> well, you know what bothers me about this is like we shouldn't have to have opinions on that. You know, we like the CDC should just be a fucking organization full of people who know what they're doing. And we should just be like, great. The CDC said it. I believe them. That's awesome. Like, that's the ideal world. Yeah. But unfortunately, now people who are not qualified to have opinions on that stuff, like me, have to be like, well, that seems short for a quarantine period. I wonder if somebody fucking paid off the whatever the hell, you know. Yeah. Uh, anyways, not to get political on the podcast, but I, I get ranty about I that in like, my head sometimes. I feel like it's fine to get political on the podcast when the politics we're debating is about the like ethics of keeping our fellow human beings alive yes I over think like fair. capitalism yeah well not to mention i mean the uh, i'd be interested to see if a book is going to come out or to write a book on this well not necessarily me because we already have one oh, in the I works um i keep forgetting and then i keep i know next week we have we have to we have to do some terrified. shed sessions um but uh i'd love to see an analysis of the coronavirus as a mental health crisis yeah, Straight, just that's through fact. the lens, that's actually right? Really interesting. Well, because I mean, you and I both know firsthand because of people who message us that a lot of people started gaining more of a relationship with their own mental health, for better or worse. Well, I think having a well, never mind. But they started gaining more of a relationship with their mental health during the the pandemic because they didn't have all this to distract themselves with anymore. They just yeah. had to sit at home, and they realized, holy shit. Like, not only do I have a hard time focusing at work, but I have a really hard time focusing on the things that I like to do, you yeah. know, or wow, I used to think my depression was because of job stress and whatnot, but now I don't have to go to work anymore and whatever. And I'm still depressed. You know, a lot of people have messages about stuff like that. So yeah. I'd love to hear a critical analysis of, of the coronavirus as a mental health concern. That's 
really i hope somebody writes that book because i I would be fascinated i'd love to hear that book well it also well and and just the ongoing effects of it too yeah yeah because there are some people who like literally haven't been able to leave isolation in two years jeez like there's like you know and then just like the ongoing nature of it yeah you know like just how long it's been going on it's like people are seeing significant shifts in their mental health and then like just like frankly like the ptsd of like an ongoing global pandemic and like how it's affecting people like oh yeah i mean i it's so interesting i I definitely don't consider think i'm a hypochondriac or a germaphobe like on a clinical level so i don't want to cheapen those terms um but when i like we drove eight hours yesterday back from uh florida with my grandparents um which again coronavirus like when you got there the first thing we did was sit in the car for a half an hour so you could take a covid test like the whole it was a whole anyways but every time we stopped for gas like if my hand or elbow brushed up against something i was like i need to wash my body right now (laughs) like i like i never touch anything anymore ever and if i do like i am very aware of it until the next time i wash my hands which isn't necessarily a bad thing but could you imagine somebody who has who is a budding hypochondriac or has budding germophobia and then all of a sudden like the whole world fucking explodes and they're like oh yeah you absolutely should be afraid of the handles at gas stations you know like jesus what that would i just can't imagine on like i like this is silly but i had to stop watching station 11 and i was really really excited because it's like one of my favorite books i love that book so much um but station 11 literally like the first part of it is like a global pandemic but it just kills everybody like if you get it you die and it, that was sorry i didn't mean to interrupt but we just watched the first episode yeah and i was like i can't a right week now. or so yeah i was like i'm not I felt the same I, way i can't because it was all so like this happened. Yeah. I remember exactly getting the phone call from a loved one saying, yeah. hey, I heard about a something or other and yeah. going, now nah, this must not be. A- oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, OK. You yeah. Know. And so it's just like I just had to like I had to turn it off. And I was like, I'm bummed because I like I, it gets so good, Eric. It gets so good. It's so interesting and it's so much fun. But if like but I was just like, I can't. I, can't can't, right I got to not. Yeah. Gosh, I can't wait till this fucking. I don't know. It's a lot to. I'm tired. Yeah. I just want to be able to like. Hug people. (laughs) Hug people and be able to see people's entire faces again. Yeah. Like when we meet people at conventions, you know, like I I feel. I want to be able to like recognize people because I can't can't do it unless you show up in the exact same outfit with the exact same mask. Like I like my just neurodivergency. I can't recognize faces like that. Yeah. And then I feel awful because it's like, oh, my God, it's so nice to meet you. And they're like, yeah, I. We've met before, and then I feel like an asshole. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm so sorry. Well, that's how I felt with when we were at um, MomoCon. Um, uh, listener Leah. Hello, Leah. Hi, Hi how Leah. are you? Um, came to uh, one of our panels. Both of our panels, I think. But either way, they were at our panels. Um, and I had met them before at DragonCon, and we had met, like, on the QuestCraft service. So, like, I had seen their masked face, and I had seen their whole f- regular face without mask and the stuff on. Um and so, and I knew that she was coming. And so when I walked into the room, I was like, you know, looking for it just so I can, you know, clock people. And I saw somebody and I had to like stare at them for like an awkward amount of time. Cause like, is that, is that them? I don't like, it was just the strangest feeling. Turn sure if it was, but it was just eerie. Like I know this person now and I have to stare at them for 10 minutes to figure out if it's actually them. That's why I like you because you're really tall. So I can just <laughs> look for a poofy hair. Yeah. Poofy hair gangly <laughs> whatever's little gangle little gangle boy great um well katie do you know what's tonight 
the Ships of the Northern Fleet holiday reunion special. That is correct. I can't find my pirate ad. Oh, we'll find it. Don't even trip. I don't know where it went. We will for sure find it. There's no question in my mind. And if not, if we don't, then I will make you one. You're going to make me a pirate. Katie, do you doubt for even you gotta, a fucking uh, well, second that you, I can make I a I need pirate. you to, you're going to have to look at Fuggins because he told me that his jaw is a little Oh, loose. shit. I do have to. Yeah, Fuggins' jaw is a little loose. Yeah, we might have to eye. go get some parts for Fuggins before the show. That's right. Actually, yeah, I really do. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I got you, fam. Well, anyways, dear listener, thank you so much for listening. I know this was a bit of a meandering episode, but this we... This was, but basically, the takeaways, half-hour episodes in January... Two half-hour episodes a week. In Two half-hour episodes a week. We have a new email address, ask at infinitequestpodcast.com. Check out our Patreon and our merch, because uh, that would be cool. Uh, stay tuned for news about our 2022 tour, but again, a lot of that is going to be predicated on the ongoing global pandemic, and so we are we are going to be making decisions as, you know, as we can, but our goal is to keep everybody safe and, you know safe yeah <laughs> safe. Um, um, so yeah also check out um, our merch is on our website infinitequestpodcast.com that's a great way to support us we have blumpkin helvetica stuff we have funny catchphrase stuff and there's gonna be more stuff added after the new year um there's gonna be quite a few like new year's announcements coming up so just yes. know that going in that 2022 is gonna be it's already shaping up to be a pretty big year for us in infinite quest and we're thrilled and we're really excited um, but it is going to mean a lot of just like sort of like consistently announcing shit all the time. But yes. it's fine. It we're, is fine. We're just incredibly honored and excited and delighted to just be here. So. Indeed. All right. Let's go. Let's go fix a robot and find a let's pirate hat. Fix robot and find a pirate hat. This our is, job is weird. That's what we do for our job. <laughs> Stay tuned for the Patreon song. Bye. record on that last one it's okay they missed a easily 10 minute conversation about the red violin you can't have a perfect violin if there's blood in the varsh you it is acoustically perfect no you can't have you cannot have an acoustically perfect how can you not you're you're wrong you're just wrong you varnish the violin anyway you have to in order to protect the wood so having your dead wife's blood in the varnish doesn't uh, affect the acoustics of the violin. You, all, right, all right, all right, fine. So do you think... He's bl- supposed to be the greatest violin maker like, und- in the world. Oh, I understand all of that. Right. We, do you think the blood in the varnish made it better? Yes. You think it made it better? It's like, you think it's, it made that's this the set point sound it's better? Because the, the point of the movie is that it is like imperfect in this like in the way that makes it oh, like Oh so it's perfect in like a cool like it's imperfect well, acoustically perfect. it's perfect Samuel L. Jackson says like it's an acoustically they put it in the little machine and they test it they do science on it they hang it off of some shit and they test it and it's like perfect but then like the whole thing is about how like the history of the violin is like tumultuous and so right. it's like it, it makes it like perfect Okay. And also, if he's supposed to be the greatest violin mayor, maker of all time, it is feasible feasible that he would have p- adjusted for the blood. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's all right. That argument I'll take. That okay. he would know that the varnish would be slightly different because there's blood in it, so he would have. Of accounted. course, he would account. It's not. Was it supposed to be Stradivarius hour. or something, or was it's, it? It's not Stradivarius, but it's like Stradivarius. Okay. I can't remember his name, but.
It's like a whole thing. It was Chadavarius. Chadavarius. He's got a tribal armband on his arm. <laughs> I really, I really want to make that a character on my TikTok. <laughs> like, what's up, guys? This is Chadavarius. Uh, you guys might know my brother Stradivarius, but anyway, so I'm Chadavarius. Makes violins or some dumb stupid. Uh, I don't care. Stupid. So stupid. Music is stupid. <laughs> anyway, so um, throw it back to Natty Ice with the boys. But he like plays clear. He he needs to play like what something he, like what, the oboe. Yeah. What does he make? I feel like he makes like Chattavarius what's the chattest instrument? The trumpet. You think every trumpet player is a chat? <laughs> that is not That's true. That's not true. That is not true. It's I funny. mean, the guitar is a pretty chatty instrument. Yeah, yeah. Like so. Anyway, here's Wonderwall. Right. Yeah. Also, trumpet players. I'm kidding. I dated one for seven years. That's the joke. Uh, oh, was he a trumpet player? I didn't know yeah, that. He was a trumpet and tuba player. And he was a conductor too, right? Yeah. That's funny. The the conductor at Interlock in my high school was a trumpeter and people made fun of him for it because the trumpets are so fundamentally different from like violins. And so he would say to the violin section, like play more like this. And they'd be like, violins don't do that. Like that's <laughs> not how violins work. You can't do that. Apparently, but I don't play the violin. Anyways, we got some patrons. If you subscribe to our Patreon, then you get your name in the song in a song at the end of the episode that we rehearse very much beforehand, a lot of it, you know, times of the time it's we true. do that, and oh. it's happening right now, it right? Is. And also, you might notice it sounds a little bit different. That's because you, your boy got a, a banjolele. Oh, yeah, that's where we started talking about the red violin. It's a little out of tune, but it's fine. I feel like it gives a character. Uh, Want to fix it? Yeah, I'm gonna okay, it's fine. No, anyway, no. so if you haven't watched the movie The Red Violin, you, you should. You should watch it. It's just, I think it's just the, 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 it's just that one, it's just one that won't stay. That was good. That's good. Eric is in the process of repairing this vintage Evangelately for me. It's fun. And it's really nice. <gasps> Molly, thank you for subscribing to our Patreon. Also, Jennifer, thank you so very much. And speaking of people with J's in their name, we got PBJ Platypus, a PBG Platypus. I genuinely thought it was just a bunch of random letters that someone typed, because they would think that it was funny watching us try to pronounce it in this song. But Don't get was... any ideas. <laughs> but then it was PBJ Platypus. Which leaves me to wonder if the platypus is on the sandwich or the platypus owns the sandwich. Whose sandwich is it? I don't know, but or we should call Dan Povenmire because he knows a little thing or two about platypuses. That's very valid. Harry the platypus! Thank you, Molly and Jennifer, and to our new best friend, PB and J. Platypus, we appreciate you. Also, Sarah Huff. Also, Sarah Huff. You're great. Sarah Huff, 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 Huff. We Huff, forgot Huff, to Huff. make we a rhyme. We forgot to do the thing about Sarah Huff, but you were also here in our hearts. Play a C. Oh. There we go. That was good. That was pretty on. Thanks. Can you, is, do you have perfect pitch? I have really good relative pitch. Oh. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> that was one for doing? the books, man. What are we doing with that? <laughs>